Good afternoon. I'm John Falchicchio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, and I want to welcome you to today's District uh, Economic Recovery Team weekly check-in. Uh, today I'm joined by Commissioner Karima Wood, uh, who is the Director of the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking. Uh, today she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, access to capital, and we know that that's a very uh, important top-of-mind issue for businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, in this time of the pandemic, uh, but it always is. And so we wanted to talk about a program uh, that, uh, that is administered by DISV, as we call it, the shorthand name for the uh, agency that Commissioner Woods runs. Uh, and the program is called DC BizCap, uh, the district's business capital program, uh, which is funded by, uh, the, excuse me, by the U.S. Treasury uh, State Small Business Credit Initiative. Uh, it is a fund that was created in 2010 to support small businesses and entrepreneurs. Uh, and so we're happy to have with us Commissioner Woods. Uh, Commissioner Woods is a DEMPED alum and recent confirmed uh, member of the Mayor's Cabinet. So I want to congratulate her for uh, ascending to the position and for the work that I know she's going to do to make sure that uh, D.C. small businesses and residents uh, have what they need from the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking. So welcome, Commissioner. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Commissioner, I'll turn it over to you. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you, Deputy Mayor Falcecchio, uh, and good afternoon to everyone. Um, I want to, um, uh, one, just thank you all for inviting me to be here. Um, as the Deputy Mayor mentioned, I am a new commissioner. Um, I am uh, the commissioner for the district's Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking, um, and so pleased to be at the helm of such an esteemed organization um, and very excited to talk with you a little bit more um, about what we're doing uh, at DISBY. Um, as the deputy mayor mentioned, I am alum of, of DEMPED, and so it's always good to be in the company um, of my fellow um, uh, DEMPED colleagues, and thank you for the work that you and your team have been doing around economic recovery and putting on um, a series of tele-town halls. I've had an opportunity to look at a number of them, um, and I find them to be quite informative and pleased to be able to share what we're doing to support small businesses during this very um, unprecedented time. Um, I, I want to share a little bit about the department. Um, the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking is a regulatory agency that is charged with overseeing the financial services entities that impact the day-to-day -day lives of district residents. Um, our mission is threefold. We're charged with cultivating a regulatory environment that protects con consumers and attracts and retains financial services firms here in the district. Um, second, we're charged with empowering and educating residents on financial matters. Um, and lastly, we're charged with providing the necessary financing uh, for district small businesses. Uh, at the department, we take a very grassroots approach to the work that we do to ensure that we're educating residents and also business owners about their overall financial health and future. Um, a few weeks ago, you all may recall that you had the director of our Office of Financial Empowerment and Education, Michelle Hammond, where she probably talked about some of the programs that we focus on related to the Financially Fit DC Initiative, the Bank on DC Initiative, our, our newly formed Financial Navigators online platform. These are some of the ways in which we support and reach our residents to ensure that, one, they're educated about 
their finances, but more importantly, that they are managing their finances in a way um, that will, will help them personally, but also their families as well. Uh, we also have um, a set of other services and programs that we provide to residents and business owners. Uh, we just recently completed a higher education series where we talked about the importance of, of preparing students and families for the upcoming uh, fall year. We have a student loan ombudsman uh, who focuses on that. It was a very robust series and we'll be conducting another series um, in October of this year. So very, very excited about that. Um, we also have um, information that we provide on our website on a regular basis about financial scams and fraudulent activity that's happening. Um, we have definitely seen an increase during this public health emergency around the increase in financial scams that are taking place here in the district and also nationally. And that's information that we provide on a regular basis um, on our website. So please visit our website at www.disb.dc.gov. Uh, we also provide um, information about financial products um, such as reverse mortgages, banking services, and personal and business insurance. Um, we recognize that this information is absolutely critical, um, especially during this public health emergency. And so I do encourage you, again, to regularly visit our website where we have this information located. In addition, we extend our services to small businesses. Uh, we recognize that during this COVID-19 period um, that the district's economic landscape um, is, is critical. And it's important that we are doing the necessary work to support small businesses and entrepreneurs, to support them, and also make sure that they're able to sustain themselves long-term uh, during this public health emergency. Um, and so this afternoon, I want to share with you a little bit about our DC BizCap program um, and then allow um, our, our newly hired program manager to talk a little bit more uh, about the DC BizCap program. The DC BizCap program overall provides capital to district small businesses and entrepreneurs who continue to encounter uh, reductions in the availability of credit um, and also the heightened requirements around obtaining the necessary financing that they need to stay afloat. Uh, the DC BizCap program also provides critical capital through programs that provide uh, alternatives to traditional commercial financing. Uh, the goal of the program overall is to facilitate private lending and investments to district small businesses. And you'll hear a little bit about how we go about doing that from our very robust panel here today. As the Deputy Mayor mentioned, uh, the DC BizCap program has been around for several years. Um, it was created as a result of the U.S. Treasury State Small Business Credit Initiative through the Small Business Act 2010. Um, it was designed to respond to the 2008 economic recession. Um, so the program itself has been around for a significant period of time, um, but we're excited to announce and talk with you about some of the relaunch efforts that we are undergoing uh, to ensure that we can not only um, run the program, but make sure that it's relevant to the needs of small business um, in this current um, COVID-19 period. 
Um, so as I mentioned, we have a new program manager, Aaron Fenwick, uh, who has spent his career working in commercial lending and has a very strong passion for helping small businesses uh, succeed. And so you'll hear more from him. Um, another way in which we are um, uh, renewing our focus on the program is through establishing new relationships with lenders and also focused on strengthening our existing relationships uh, with lenders as well. Um, and, and finally, um, as the new commissioner for the department, um, I will see to it and, and, and fully committed to ensuring that we maximize the support that is necessary for businesses during this COVID-19 period um, and beyond. We, we recognize that access to capital is critical. Um, it's something that we hear about continuously when talking with businesses, and it's something that we know that collectively um, that we're all working on to address here in the district. Um, so I want to thank you for allowing me to join you all today. Um, if you would like additional information about the DC BizCap program, again, I encourage you to visit our website at disb.dc.gov. Um, our panelists for this town hall, which I'm very, very excited about, include Aaron Fenwick, as I mentioned, our program analyst for the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking, uh, Shauna Yellow, who is the Director of Lending with the Washington Area um, Community Investment Fund, uh, Blair O'Connell, who is the Vice President of Commercial Lending with United Bank, and Philip Sambo, who's Executive Director of OASIS Community Partners. Um, so again, I'm very excited about the panelists, and I will kick things over for each of the panelists to tell us a little bit about themselves before we move forward with our discussion about small businesses. Um, with that, uh, we'll start with you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Wood. Um, good afternoon, everyone. I'm pleased to be able to serve the district small business owners and entrepreneurs through the DC BizCap program. As a program analyst, my goal is to help entrepreneurs and small businesses uh, access capital through partnerships with commercial lending institutions. I spent 18 years in banking as a vice president, commercial loan officer, as well as a client manager. As a career lender, I understand the importance of programs like these as it facilitates an environment of economic growth for job creators in the district. I'm passionate about economic development, specifically providing those job creators the capital they need to continue to grow the economy. It's my personal belief that when small businesses, financial institutions, and community organizations work together towards common goals, it contributes to a healthy economy. As a recap on the program, DC BizCap facilitates private lending to small businesses operated in Washington, D.C. that are creditworthy but have challenges obtaining funding needed for expansion and job creation. With the loan participation, collateral support, and innovation finance programs, lenders can uh, lend more by mitigating loan risk for borrowers with cash flow as well as collateral deficiencies. The collateral support program provides capital to small businesses with collateral deficiencies by depositing cash with lenders to use as collateral for loans. The loan participation program buys up to 50% of a loan originated and approved uh, by approved lenders at subsidized interest rates to reduce the borrower's debt service and expense of the loan. The innovation finance program provides capital through a co-investment with an innovation finance company or by investing as a limited partner in an innovation finance company that shall make the investment into that small business. Since the program's inception, we have went through a vast array of business types within the district. This includes uh, construction companies who have built our great city, 
not-for-profits who support the capital's philanthropic needs, to the retail businesses like restaurants and health and wellness centers. Of the $13.2 million in funding awarded to the D Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking for the program, $6.2 million is presently uh, obligated to support small business lending in the district, with another $7.2 million available for future lending. Thank you again. We'll transition over to uh, Ms. Great. Why don't we have the rest of the panelists um, um, introduce themselves, and we'll start with you, Shauna, uh, and then go to Blair, and then Philip. Thank you, and we are definitely delighted to be here. Uh, again, my name is Shauna Yeldell, and I currently serve as the Director of Lending for Washington Area Community Investment Fund, or WACIF, as we call it. Um, I personally have about 25 years of lending experience. Uh, commercial lending. Most of it has been with traditional uh, financial institutions, but for the last five years, most of my experience has been with uh, mission-based uh, lenders such as WACIF, uh, CDFIs. So it's kind of become my passion to create sustainable paths for access to capital because as a traditional lender, what I saw most often was there's a definite disadvantaged population of people that were not able to be served by these major financial institutions. So my role here as Director of Lending, I'm definitely responsible for providing strategic leadership for WACIF's lending platform, as well as I oversee the day-to-day uh, -day operations and relationship management, which includes you know, our partners such as DISBY and, and others. So the work that uh, WACIF does is, is critically important, given the two pandemics that we're facing now both the um, coronavirus as well as the social justice for people of color. So our work is really designed to provide disadvantaged entrepreneurs with uh, equal access to uh, whether it's knowledge-based or financial capital to establish, grow, maintain, uh, depending on each borrower's um, individual objectives. So we have a vast team of professionals here at WACIF uh, bringing all of that experience to our clients. And we also provide a lot of the uh, knowledge capital with little to no cost to our entrepreneurs due to our general, you know, our relationships with um, the U.S. Department of Treasury through CDFI, the, also the um, Small Business Administration, SBA, bank partners, and then other corporate foundations. So because of these generous um, in some cases, donations or loan funds or whatever the case may be, we're able to provide a lot of technical assistance to business owners in the city at no little to no charge. So again, thank you for allowing us to be here and be represented in this panel. Thank you. Blair? Uh, thank you. And uh, good afternoon. Thank you for having me as well. Uh, Blair O'Connell with United Bank. I've uh, been with the bank for about four years now uh, through mergers with Bank of Georgetown prior to that. Uh, been a district resident, uh, resident since 2004, uh, went to high school and college here. And to, uh, to echo uh, some of Shauna's comments, uh, it, it's, been, it's been a pleasure as a resident and as a, a banker in the city seeing how much it's improved even since, uh, since 2009 when I graduated from, from school. Uh, and it's fun to be a part of that. That really is uh, it has been an enjoyable piece. Um, what I like about the DISBY and, and programs uh, that they're able to offer is 
you know, it is it is unfortunate when not everyone can participate in that uh, that tide rising. So these programs really do allow a lot of folks who who probably otherwise just would be left out in the cold by a by a bigger bank uh, to access you know lenders' expertise, uh, government officials' expertise, and and getting them in that you know economic pipeline I would call it, uh, so they can benefit from it. And um, uh, on a side note, not that this is focused on that as much, but um, uh, doing the affordable housing. Uh, in the district have really become more involved in that over the last two years, I would say. Uh, and we've done an excellent job of, of you know, helping Mayor Bowser and, and everyone else whose goal is to, to provide affordable housing units. It's tough. Uh, it's definitely not as fast as I think everybody would like, uh, but it has been a lot of fun. And uh, I, the two the two goals kind of go hand in hand. Uh, small business, as, as we all see, running uh, it, it runs the local economy, runs the national economy. And when those two, uh, when those two, when housing and small business is not able to be obtained by everyone, uh, it, it just makes it difficult, uh, and, and we can't move forward as a, a small community here in D.C. You know, 50 square miles, um, but also a, a significant chunk of 50 square miles. So um, that's my introduction. We're, we are the the nation's, uh, you know, nation's capital community bank. We have plenty of money to lend. So uh, anytime we can help help anyone small or big we we look forward to it so again thank you for having me on this uh on this panel today excellent uh and and thank you for your remarks philip hi uh thank you commissioner woods and, and deputy mayor falchito for for having me here on this panel and for for hosting this important discussion uh, I'm Philip Samble, Executive Director of Oasis Community Partners, which is a DC 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to improving food access and community health. Uh, we achieve the food access component of our mission with Good Food Markets, which is a social enterprise grocery store um, located just a couple doors down from Wakeith. Uh, and, and we love seeing all the Wakeith folks at lunch and on their way home from, from the office for, for dinner groceries. Um, and, and for those of you who don't may not know, a social enterprise is, is usually a for-profit, sometimes a nonprofit, but a business um, that is dedicated to a social outcome. Um, in our case, improving the health of residents who live in so-called food deserts, um, which the USDA defines as areas of one mile or more from a, a full-service grocery store. Um, and, you know, as, as anyone who's driven around Wards 5, where, where we operate good food markets, Ward 7, Ward 8, uh, large swaths of Prince George's County and, and other parts of our region, um, you know, the neighborhoods that lack grocery stores, um, you know, still have a lot of people. Uh, there's 150 plus thousand people living in Ward 7 and 8, for example, served by only three grocery stores, uh, which is by far the lowest per capita uh, in the district. Uh, but what there are are corner stores, 7-Elevens, carryouts, fast food establishments, um, and with a few notable exceptions, like uh, participants in D.C. Central Kitchen's Healthy Corners program, those types of businesses typically carry shelf-stable food, fried food, um, you know, essentially products that are high in salt, fat, and sugar. And the prevalence of those, that unhealthy food combined with the lack of healthy food uh, has led to epidemic levels of obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Um, indeed, these are the leading causes of death in food deserts, uh, along with violent crime. So coupled with the fresh food access that Good Food Markets uh, offers in our grocery store setting, uh, the nonprofit owner, Oasis Community Partners, is also engaged in cooking classes, youth education programs, one-on-one uh, -on -one nutrition counseling, 
um, that can impact consumers' food choices and ultimately, uh, well, their, their personal health and ultimately the health of the entire community. Um, over the last several months in the pandemic context, um, Oasis and Good Food Markets have been using that grocery store platform and the relationships that we've built with our neighbors and community-based organizations uh, working in the neighborhood uh, in, in Ward 5 um, to provide almost 100,000 pounds of uh, fresh produce uh, at pop-up food, weekly pop-up food banks at Good Food Markets. Um, we, we also operated um, a grocery box program for the uh, D.C. Office uh, of Emergency Management uh, that was about um, providing district residents with healthy and shelf-stable groceries so they could get through the pandemic uh, safely without having to leave the house. Um, and uh, again, I'm very happy to be here and to talk more about the BizCap program, which Good Food Markets has utilized on two of our projects. Great. Thank you, Philip. And I would be remiss, Deputy Mayor, if I didn't also mention that Good Food Market is also a Great Street grantee. So thank you for all the work that you're doing here um, in the city, um, Philip, um, through Oasis Partners, but also through Good Food Market as well. Mayor. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for uh, joining us and for the presentations. We're going to do a couple questions, uh, and we have folks listening on the telephone. We have folks watching on social media, and of course, others tuning in on Channel 16. Uh, for the folks who are listening on the phone line, if you have a question for any of the participants, uh, you could press uh, zero now, uh, and you can uh, get into the queue to ask a question. Uh, and our folks are also monitoring uh, the streams on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, to see if there are any questions there as well uh, from our participants at home. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I wanted to ask a few questions for the folks uh, here in the room with me and also uh, on the panel via WebEx. So first up, Aaron, so if I'm a small business, how do I know whether I should utilize uh, the DC uh, BizCap program? Uh, and I know you laid out a couple different uh, ways that you can access the program, but how do I know if I should can or should access the program? Sure. Uh, thank you. Um, if you're a small business owner and, and, and you have uh, challenges with um, collateral, um, insufficient collateral to fund a deal, uh, uh, the collateral support program is a phenomenal solution for you. If you uh, are a business owner and uh, maybe you approach the bank and the bank is telling you that you don't quite have the cash flow uh, necessary to fund the deal, uh, the loan participation program is a great program where it buys back up to 50% of the loan at a subsidized interest rate, uh, thus reducing the expenses and improving um, what they would call the debt service coverage. Uh, and on the innovation finance program, if you're an innovative business, you're trying to find innovative ways to solve uh, community problems within the district, I think that's a great program for you as well. And um, we've been talking a lot uh, in these uh, weekly check-ins about the FDA program. Mm -hmm. So can you utilize uh, this tool in order to um, maybe look at an economic injury disaster loan or another uh, SBA loan program? How do they kind of uh, take this into account? That's, that's a great question, um, especially with uh, things going with the PPP and, and uh, the economic challenges we're facing with uh, COVID. Um, uh, the program is unable to attach to any guaranteed portion of an SBA loan. Um, that's not to say that it cannot uh, uh, be attached to a uh, loan that has an SBA guarantee on it. It just cannot be attached to a loan, the guaranteed portion of the loan. 
All right. So folks are going to have questions about that. Mm -hmm. So one more time, we've got to put on the screen okay. uh, your contact information, uh, just because I know that slide was up there, uh, but it was up there fast. Uh, so we'll have that uh, information for everybody uh, to be able to utilize uh, uh, and reach out to Aaron. Um, and I want to go to some of our uh, panelists. Uh, first up, Shauna, uh, can you tell us, to when uh, in the last few months, what have the challenges been that you've seen for small businesses and entrepreneurs? Um, and, you know, obviously today's uh, conversation is about access to capital. What are those challenges that you see? Because sometimes we really want to just highlight for folks that they're not alone in the challenges that they're facing with their business. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, it's probably just unprecedented in so many ways. You know, COVID-19 has really been problematic for a number of, um, number of our prospective borrowers, existing clients. And so early on, you know, our focus was on just making sure that we could stabilize as much as possible our existing client base. And a lot of disruption, you know, if your business is closed, for example, you know, hair, skin, and nails, and even restaurants to a great extent at the beginning of the crisis. Uh, if you're closed, you know, there's not a lot you can do to generate revenue. So our focus early on was really trying to support them by you know, modifying payments, converting the payments to interest only, or providing debt relief as, as we were, you know, given various amounts of funding to do just that. Um, now that things are somewhat beginning to stabilize, slowly open, you know, we're seeing those business owners begin to pivot and generate, you know, a diverse form of um, revenue, so to speak. But we are seeing a lot of disruption in terms of construction delays, uh, delays in permitting and things that they really can't move their projects forward or they can't complete projects that were started, you know, in February waiting for inspections and things like that. And in some cases, you know, trying to support, you know, rent uh, or lease uh, in two different locations. So that's been problematic. And so our approach, you know, has clearly been, you know, help us understand what's going on. And if it's something that we can maybe modify the loan um, or interest-only payments, just looking at the overall picture and the, the dynamics that they have to uh, juggle as business owners. And, um, you know, of course, financial record-keeping outside of COVID has always been a challenge, but even more so as it relates to being able to apply for some of the um, incentives that have been mentioned previously, some of the grant opportunities, idle loans, and things like that that are available. But if you've had challenges gathering your financial information, you know, that, that may or may not be uh, an option for you. So hard to see that anyway, but it's especially hard to see in this environment where you know that there are options and, and programs that they could take advantage of if their, you know, record keeping was uh, was such as they could present. So definitely unique challenges, but, you know, as far as WAKIF, we've been, of course, uh, designated to administer various grant programs from private and, and, and public kinds of um, institutions, and so that's been great. Um, a lot of business owners just need the cash, you know, to be able to carry them through this disruption. And so the, the grants and administering the grants has been very helpful, and uh, we've been happy to do that and been asked to do that. And then we're looking at programming as well. You know, what, what type of programming or education do these business owners need to be able to pivot? You know, maybe they pivot forever, 
You know, they don't go back to their original, you know, business model. You know, maybe it requires a change that will be permanent or maybe, you know, temporary. Because we don't know how long this is going to uh, exist, but clearly it's changing everything for a long time. So um, I'll stop there. I don't know if there are any questions about that. Well, what's uh, your best advice, too, for businesses in terms of that catch-up on that record-keeping or paperwork? Uh, you know, when they're thinking about a program like DC uh, BizCap, how do they how do they get ready for it? What what do you suggest for folks before? Because when they're trying to navigate all these programs that are available to them, how do they sort of prepare themselves in order to know which one might be right for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So we like to start with the intake process so we can assess where they are. Uh, if if they don't have the basics of you know record keeping then we certainly have professionals that we refer them to. Um, but if they are, but they're just overwhelmed, they're inundated, you know, inundated with lots of information and, and how do I fit what where, uh, we have our you know, business advisory team that is very instrumental in helping that initial assessment. So um, for people that are interested in working with WACIF or need our assistance, you know, the website is the first place to go. And um, we, we definitely ask for a lot of information on that intake form, but it's just to allow us to assess where they are and where we can provide the most in terms of resources. So I guess your advice, Shauna, is before you go see Blair, come see you. <laughs> well, and it, and it may be that, you know, if, if the clients come to us, we can work with our various partners. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but you know, in packaging solutions for clients, you know, we often consider programs, you know, like the loan participation program and collateral, if there's a collateral shortfall or if, you know, as Aaron mentioned previously, they really need the help in terms of debt service coverage. Or if there is a possibility to engage a banking partner, we certainly are open to that as well. Fantastic. And uh, Blair, uh, one, I want to thank you. Uh, as Deputy Mayor, I have three jobs. It's to look out for three key areas, uh, and it is uh, jobs, tax revenue, and affordable housing. Uh, I knew we'd be able to talk about tax revenue and jobs today. Uh, I didn't realize we'd talk about affordable housing, so I want to thank you for bringing that into the conversation uh, today. Uh, so tell us, at United Bank, I know that you process a lot of PPP loans, um, but you've seen people come to you with sort of the challenges in the pandemic. So same question to you, kind of what is your first piece of advice to businesses as they're trying to look at really the whole plethora of uh, programs that are out there, how they pick what's right for them? How do you help them navigate that, Blair? Uh, sure, and uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, to bring up uh, another uh, another tough subject, but uh, affordable housing is, is kind of been on my mind uh, every day for like the last six months or so. But um, uh, again, echoing some of Shauna's comments, I mean, uh, we were we were kind of joking, but the the financial piece, I mean, that is very important. Uh, I think for any small business owner, uh, what like she said, whether you're you're uh, a single person doing doing hair and nails, you have ten employees doing hair and nails, you're running a restaurant, uh, whatever it is, uh, having you know put together professional looking as best you can uh, financial information is a huge part uh, for any any uh, financial institution to, to even begin the process of lending you money. Uh, so I, I would recommend that um, just even if it isn't the best picture in the world, 
uh, there's nothing worse than a kind of an incomplete package. Uh, so even if it isn't the most beautiful, rosy financial picture, uh, having it be accurate, I would, I would almost argue, is more important than, than what the results say themselves, uh, just so it instills some confidence in that lender, uh, whoever she or he may be, when they are looking at it, they can go, okay, well, we see that there's an issue. There's a global pandemic going on. Uh, I'm just talking about this year specifically, of course, but uh, it, it would allow – it just gives some confidence to, to the lender when they're new to you, new to the relationship. Uh, there's a lot of trust to be earned on both sides of the table, from the client to the lender. Uh, we've seen a lot of our, unfortunately, our, our fellow banking members um, acting in, in unprofessional manners out there, uh, whether that's opening accounts without permission or, you know, just just blowing off an application because it's not a, a high-profile, larger client. Uh, and I will I will brag on United Bank for a second. Uh, I, I don't have the final numbers, but I know we. We as a, as a market, as a bank, did a tremendous amount of uh, PPP loans individually. Uh, and I think we did a very good job of not, not making a distinction between, you know, certainly our larger clients uh, who do have a lot of influence, loans, deposits with us, uh, but your sole proprietors, you know, somebody that owns a gas station, uh, somebody that owns, you know, a bricklaying service. Um, and so I think <clears throat> another, another uh, important piece of, of you know, recommendation I would give to a small business owner. Uh, I mean, I would consider your banking relationship. If you just, if you've just had a big bank be your depositor for a long time, you know, I, I would ask you to at least consider. You know, what what do I need in the next one to five to ten years? Uh, what do I need next month uh, as far as my banking needs? Uh, and a lot of times, as you grow, you'll find that's not just I need a place to deposit my check. Uh, get some cash out of the ATM for change for a, you know a farmer's market or a, a local neighborhood sale. I mean, really, really try to think. And, and I'm sure you know it sounds like Shauna and her group uh, would be the ones to kind of counsel on that. But what what do you need? Is it a, a small business loan of five thousand dollars? Is it twenty five thousand? Is it a line of credit? Is it a, is it a term loan for kitchen equipment? Uh, and ask yourself, you know, who who and what partnership do I want to look for in a bank and a bank and a banker? that's going to help me get there. Um, so I, I would just, it, it takes some thought and you really have to identify what you're looking for. But I think that's important is to find out this is what I think I will need for my business. Again, the next, next week, next month, next year, and then in the five years of where I'm trying to get to, uh, whatever that may be, whatever your goals may be. Uh, and then just in the immediate right now, uh, I, I think the PPP loans, again, we did a tremendous amount of volume with them. Uh, a lot of the bigger banks just either didn't participate or just unable to get to to clients. Uh, I think the PPP funds are are huge uh, right now. A lot of people are that that is their only source of revenue, keeping people employed. Uh, and so, I, if unfortunately it's ended for right now, it sounds like Congress and and the White House may at some point extend it uh, to be determined. Uh, but I think if they do come back for a third round. Uh, again, ask yourself, who is your bank, and, and have they helped me? Will they help me uh, with this type of funding? Because, uh, I mean, I've, I've talked to a tremendous amount of clients who've received PPP funds, uh, and, and I'm talking the zero to $50,000 loan amount range, certainly on the smaller end. Uh, it, it's everything right now. So if you're with a bank that's not, not able to do that, I would, I would uh, my recommendation would just be to, Ask yourself some tougher questions and, and think about what you need, again, 
next week, next month, next year, uh, and see if those two things are in alignment. And Blair, for all that was said about uh, PPP, I was looking at some PPP data today, uh, and it's lending in the district, and I did notice that uh, United Bank was a standout in terms of the diversity of the loans uh, that it wrote uh, in the PPP program. So kudos uh, to you for that. And if there is a third round, and hopefully that third round has a second draw, uh, that United will keep it up and work with partners like WACIF to uh, make sure those loans and the district businesses take full advantage of those loans uh, if it comes about again. Uh, so thank you for that. And I, uh, I appreciate you mentioned that. And I, uh, I will also just say, I mean, it, it was a, uh, we helped a lot of people that were not originally uh, United Bank clients. Uh, I, I don't know what the percentage would be, but there was a lot of folks, uh, and I think we've probably earned goodwill for a long, long time. Um, just they, they were left out in the cold, and again, I'm not going to name any banks by name, uh, but just the larger ones, and, and I think it was fast-moving program. There was a lot of panic in early April. Uh, April of 2020 is a month I, I never want to relive again, uh, but there was a lot of panic uh, at that time, and uh, I just will say I, I think we handled it very, very well for uh, existing clients, big and small, and, and for people that were not clients at all uh, who just needed somebody to talk to, somebody to at least get a fair shot at an, at an application to, to get PPP funding. Fair shot is what we always aim for uh, in the Bowser administration, so thank you. Uh, Philip, uh, so I see a guitar in the background. If there's one problem that's <laughs> The DC BizCap program, what would it be? Uh, was it was the question is if there's one song for the DC BizCap program, what would it be? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Um, I won't I won't hold you that one. We'll give you some time. Don't hold me to that one. Yeah, I'll think <laughs> about that one. What what would be the perfect soundtrack for for this interview? Exactly. Um, so, but tell us. <laughs> You all have utilized uh, BizCap. Was that with Good Foods Market? Or tell us a little bit about your experience with using the DC BizCap program. Yes. Yeah, so um, first uh, time around was in 2016. And as Aaron mentioned, uh, uh, you know, the, the program works in conjunction with either new or existing debt. In this case, it was with City First Bank, um, a local CDFI here in D.C., um, and, and Blair, thank you for bringing up the important role that small community banks play, um, especially during the PPP process. City First was able to process uh, PPP applications for all of Good Food Markets entities, um, where our uh, national bank, where we have some depository accounts, uh, wasn't even able. City First was able to process the applications before the national bank even had an application process. So I think there's a lot to be said uh, for small, nimble organizations, whether they be in the retail space, in the banking space, um, or, or what have you. Um, but uh, to be more specific, our program with Good Food Markets uh, and City First um, was to uh, support the launch of the pilot Good Food Market Store uh, in Woodridge uh, Langdon neighborhoods of Ward 5. Um, and uh, really helped us to navigate those difficult early years when you're figuring so much out on the fly. Um, you know, we used to joke, you know, it's a lot like jumping out of the airplane and building your parachute on the way down. Um, the, the, the ground keeps getting closer and closer, and, and, and you've just got to stay focused and calm and, and, and keep building that parachute. And, you know, every stitch, every, you know, piece of cloth that you're able to add to it 
slows it down, right? And so, you know, we talk a lot about this with new business owners that we meet or food businesses that are trying to launch at good food markets. Um, you know, how much runway do you have? How much dry powder? How much cash that is not accounted for do you have sitting in your account? Um, that's the lifeblood of the business. Um, and, you know, for a lot of businesses, um, whether you be a social enterprise where there's not a huge profit potential, or maybe you don't have great credit, uh, both of those things were true for good food markets, um, or for whatever reason, you don't can't put down a personal guarantee or you don't want to risk everything you own in order to try a new business idea, the equity structure uh, or uh, of the BizCap program, or at least the dollars function like equity in that they don't the, the, they're there to support all of the other things that are going on. Um, you know, for those of us who don't have the rich uncle or the, the, the personal balance sheet to walk in and take out a, a personal loan, um, you know, these types of programs are, are irreplaceable. Um, and, and I think the, the thing that makes getting a business off the ground the most challenging is having people in your corner. And so, you know, I, I, I hear um, Shauna talk about the technical assistance and the, and the programs that WAKEF offers, um, you know, there's, um, there's no substitute for cash, but there's a lot of ways to get there. And one of which is just is to lose less. Um, and, and those kind of technical assistance programs, informal partnerships and relationships with other businesses um, that, uh, you know, develop when you're part of cohorts like WAKEF or, or other organizations, I think are really, really important for a sharing information amongst the business community, um, but also just, you know, survival. Uh, a lot of this is just getting up on a day-to-day -day basis and having the drive and the determination to do it. And that's not easy and no one can do that by themselves. Um, so, you know, from the balance sheet uh, all the way down to, you know, the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, business of running the grocery store, um, being a part of the BizCap Biz program and, and the networks that Disby um, is, is attached to has, has really been important for Good Food Markets growth. Um, and, and to point um, uh, that have been made a few times here, Good Food Markets has been since 2015, uh, 2016, um, working uh, to establish a grocery store in Ward 8 uh, that, like I mentioned earlier, is, is one of the lowest food access uh, neighborhoods in the region and, and certainly in the district. Um, and that project has been extremely delayed. It has been over budget um, through absolutely no fault of Good Food Markets. And all of that was already taking place when COVID hit. And that did not make anything easier. Um, and, you know, that project was at risk of, of falling apart because the costs were going up. And we had a set amount of, of sources of capital for that project, and we exhausted them. Um, not to say we spent every dollar, but it was all accounted for. And so we had to go out and find new capital in order to cover the increases in costs that were driven entirely by things outside of our control. If we were a traditional entrepreneur funding this out of our own pocketbook, we probably would have walked away because it doesn't behoove the you know, equity investor who's looking solely for a financial return to keep throwing good money after bad. Um, and there wouldn't have been a super great position for another operator to step into um, and create the food access that, that Ward A desperately needs. Um, so I, I, I just say all that to highlight, you know, how irreplaceable funding like the BizCap program is, um, particularly for new entrepreneurs 
or those from um, you know backgrounds where they don't have a big Rolodex of people they can call to stroke large checks. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. I think that um, there were a lot of good points in there, and I'm glad to hear that you know there's still progress on good food markets in Ward 8. We're excited uh, for that project. We're hoping to uh, see it through fruition because now more than ever, people need access to food uh, and healthy food at that. So uh, what I want to do now is go to the phone lines. Uh, we have a, a, a call from Commissioner Branham. Uh, from Ward 5. Uh, Commissioner, your line should be open, uh, and you have a question I'm told about uh, BizCap eligibility. Commissioner, can yes. You hear uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, and Aaron is Okay. Here. Okay. okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say greetings to you, John, Karima, and to Aaron, Shauna, Blair, and Philip. I believe I called the roll. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, my question is, um, are religious institutions, nonprofits, or other organizations, nonprofit organizations, eligible for the, this uh, loan program to get access to, uh, to capital? Good question. Uh, absolutely, not-for-profits are eligible for the program. Uh, the program requires that you are not a non-public um, company that uh, provides services in D.C. and subject to uh, the district taxation. We had that question on social media. So it's, to say it again, it's any district nonprofit? Uh, so it can be a not-for-profit. Uh, the program requires that you uh, operate in D.C. and that you're subject to district tax taxation. Okay, fantastic. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, we have another caller. Uh, uh, Mr. Bernard, is it? Hello, this is Laris. Ber Hello, hi. This is Laris Bernard uh, with Laris Medium calling uh, to speak to or uh, say thank you to Blair O'Connell with United Bank. I was one of those uh, people. I'm from Ward 8 and received a very small uh, PPP loan that was incredibly helpful. So I just wanted to say that, yes, United Bank really did step in. It does show uh, growth under Mr. O'Connell because I'm sure they would not have responded the same way uh, 10 years ago. But they certainly did step up to the plate, and I did refer others to them. So I just wanted to say thank you for uh, rolling up your sleeves. And they processed that loan extremely quickly in uh, May, I believe it was. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, are you still with us? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. I've been a United Bank uh, customer for over 20 years. And so oh. it was nice to actually get some support back from the bank that I had been a long patron of. And tell us tell us about your business and how it's been faring uh, in the pandemic. Well, I, you know, was doing well till about June. So I guess I applied for the for the loan after that. I lost a client uh, due to COVID, and so I quickly uh, applied for a loan to be able to maintain the uh, consultants I have on my team. So it was critical, yeah. 
And what what was the name of that business, just so I, I know? Oh, yes. It's Laris Media. I do uh, marketing, digital marketing, and social media management for uh, small businesses. Please give me a call. You can find us at larismedia.com. So that's L-E-R-I-S media.com. Great. Now, I don't want to say that I was fishing for that, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Claire, for helping that business uh, uh, get through this. So thank you for that. Uh, just going back well, to, to Philip. Uh, just going back to Philip for a second. Good Foods Market. So how is the word loca- uh, five location doing uh, during the pandemic? How's it been impacted? Yeah. Um, you know, we saw as many grocers did. You know, because of the compression of food purchases into basically only the grocery channel. Um, you know, we saw a jump in sales. Uh, that has not sustained, however. Um, I think that, and I've heard this from other uh, small grocers as well, um, you know, it's starting to fall off as uh, people are continuing to limit their the number of trips that they make to the grocery store and are even more discerning than they were before about which store they're visiting. Um, and, you know, small stores like Good Food Markets, um, you know, even, you know, neighborhood grocers in higher income communities, um, you know, are, are experiencing the same thing. Um, and we all kind of run up against this problem in one way or another as small businesses. You know, if I can go to the giant Target, Safeway, wherever, and I know I can get everything I need on my list, um, I'm less likely to go to the little store um, where I might get better customer service and I appreciate that it's in my community and I can get most of what I need. But in the COVID context, that's, you know, an even less um, attractive option. So, you know, I, I think that um, the question for all independent retail is whether or not customers will go back to their local grocer or cleaner or media company, dance studio, barbershop, salon, what have you. Um, and, and maybe whether those businesses will even be there. Um, I, I've seen some really scary numbers, and, and I, I don't want to talk out of school. Maybe others uh, here on the panel know more than I, but I, I've seen 20% of small businesses have already closed permanently or declared bankruptcy. Um, that is uh, 50%, 5-0, 1-2 in two for African-American-owned businesses. Um, again, those are numbers that I've read in the media. I'm not 100% sure that they're accurate. But I think we all know by just walking down our main street, wherever that may be, that businesses are closing, and there are businesses that are closed now that will never come back. Um, and so I think the question for independent businesses and the cities that they serve are, you know, how are we going to recover in that way? How are we going to fill those retail spaces? How are we going to get those businesses back or put those entrepreneurs in a position um, where they can be contributing to the economy and to their neighborhoods? Um, you know, I, I think that's the really important thing. And it gets to the points that Shauna made at the top uh, around the two crises that we're facing. Uh, one new, uh, the COVID, uh, and, and one old. Um, and, and that has to do with, you know, the founding of this country and working in the food system, you know, we are, you know, daily faced with implications that we're still facing from uh, the history of slavery and exploitation of land and labor that built our food system. Um, and so, you know, I think for, for those, especially for those of us who think 
and, and are trying uh, to be, you know, on the right side of history, so to speak, um, that we're really checking our biases and practicing empathy and, um, you know, trying to really make change within our organizations and throughout the org chart. You know, I, I felt so many times myself that I'm like putting a glossy sheen on a, on a rusted out, you know, piece of metal that, that is not going to get us where we need to go. Um, and, and I think this is, is really a once in a lifetime moment um, to use the positions of power that we have to actually radically improve the equity and equality in our society. And small businesses have always been, uh, along with home ownership uh, and, and affordable housing, uh, the drivers of, of wealth and, and growth uh, for the lower and middle class. Um, and, and I think, you know, the more we invest in that locally, uh, the better uh, the better DC will recover. Um, and hopefully we can be continue to be a model for the rest of the country and how to do that. Absolutely. And uh, just to go to that point about uh, affordable housing, I wanted to mention that when Blair brought it up before, I wasn't shunning him. I was actually excited uh, because it is so interconnected, uh, whether it's affordable housing, supporting small businesses, making sure there's food access in all of our neighborhoods. It's all connected. Um, and so we had a couple questions from social media related to where small businesses can access more information uh, from the panelists and from uh, uh, DC government about the grants, loans, any funding. So what we do is we uh, update information on coronavirus.dc.gov. Uh, we uh, have a page on that for recovery. Uh, so if you go to that page, that's where we'll put all the information uh, from this uh, district economic recovery team weekly check-in. And you can find cataloged uh, other uh, weekly check-ins as well and the information from those. Uh, so I want to thank uh, the panelists for uh, joining us, uh, Blair, Philip, and Shauna. Thank you for uh, joining us, for sharing uh, your perspective uh, as we kind of really just get out information and really give people perspective about uh, managing their way through the pandemic. I also want to thank uh, Commissioner Woods uh, and to allude to what uh, uh, Philip said, if you don't have a rich uncle, you have Aaron. <laughs> Uh, so you can reach out to Aaron. Uh, Commissioner and Aaron, do you want to one more time just give uh, your uh, in terms of the website and where people can find information? Absolutely. Um, but first, I want to say in order for a program like DC BizCap to really work, it requires very sound um, partners. And so I want to just thank uh, the partners on the panel today for all the work that you're doing to help us collectively reach our goals. So, so thank you so much. Um, to find out more information um, about the DC BizCap program and the department overall, please visit our website at www.disb.dc.gov, uh, or you can call us directly at 202-727-8000 and speak with a live person that can connect you with the necessary uh, staff member. Again, thank you, and thank you, Deputy Mayor. Aaron, Commissioner, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week. This was really informative, and especially as we see some of the programs sort of tail off, knowing that BizCap is there for uh, district businesses and entrepreneurs, uh, it really does give people another sort of uh, avenue to look for uh, capital support. So thank you for joining us. Uh, there were some other questions on social media about uh, unemployment. Uh, there was an executive order that was signed by President Trump about allowing uh, the uh, federal unemployment benefits to be extended. Uh, the District of Columbia has not yet applied for that, uh, but the program is still under review. Even for states that have applied and are approved, uh, that benefit doesn't get paid out until mid to late September. Uh, so
So our Department of Employment Services is still evaluating the program and uh, will uh, really kind of come back to uh, the district and to our residents and businesses to let folks know uh, if we're able to navigate that program and provide that benefit uh, to uh, residents and others uh, who've made an unemployment claim uh, to the district Department of Employment Services. So more to come on that soon. Uh, but want to thank everybody for joining us uh, for the district's economic recovery weekly check-in. Uh, this week, uh, we'll post all the information uh, that we discussed today on coronavirus.dc.gov. So be sure to check there for updates. And as always, be safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.